Welcome to Brainwaves Bistro. Grab yourselves a cuppa, kick back, and join us for mental health talk with a positive vibe. Here's Julianne. Hey, we have one hell of amazing Aussie gal here to chat with us today. Shelly Oatesworthy, the U.S. national coach for the U.S. kayak team. Reminding you, she's an Aussie and the Paralympian team. She's on the line from Honolulu. And appropriately to my co-host and Australian Olympic volunteer ambassador. Wow, we're full of Olympics here. Barb Smith is here as well. Hi, lovely ladies. Hi there. Hi there. Look, Shelley, I've always admired you, but this is so hard to outline and compress what you have achieved in life and sport. There's just so much here. Now, you've competed in two Summer Olympics as an Australian canoeist in the Sydney. And was it Atlanta, Sydney and Atlanta? Yes, yes. Atlanta. Atlanta. You were a champion netball. Netball, uh, I'd like to say I was a champion, but I loved the game. You won the World Championships surf ski and then several outrigger World Championships in Hawaii and California, and you were a rigaroo. For those in the US, <laughs> that's a bit like kangaroo, the Aussie team for outriggers. And just for fun, Shelley competed in Gladiator, the Gladiator <laughs> Individual Sports Athletes Challenge. So that must have been terribly interesting. I think I saw it. <laughs> Shelley, you are much in demand too as a motivational speaker. And lest I forget, most important thing that's just happened, you just got married to someone who looks pretty special. Congratulations. Thank you very, very much. It was a wonderful day and it was a really great uh, celebration for not just myself and my husband, I should say now, but it really was for us to say a big thank you to everyone in our lives that have made it so amazing. (laughs) Well, that's fabulous. Fabulous, Shelley. Yes, yeah. Maybe being an Olympian and now the U.S. national coach for the U.S. Uh, kayak mm-hmm. team and Paralympic team must be a huge reward for your life's efforts. But you've had some tough times along the way. Please tell us about that. Yeah, well, my journey is just like anyone else's, whether it be going for the Olympics for me or whether it be wanting to be the best mum you can be. I think everybody, uh, we're all in this together where we all have pathways that for us have ups and downs. Uh, when I was younger, I, you know, lost my brother early on. Um, and then I lost my dad. Um, I had mental illness in the family. I had a lot of things that, you know, um, any one of them you feel like, oh my gosh, poor me. And then you realize that every one of them, makes each one of us so unique and makes each one of us exactly who we are. And I think the biggest learning lesson I've had in my life from every experience is it's not what happens to you. It's how you see it, what you do with it, and how you um, use everything that makes life great. And for me, losing my brother was the greatest thing that could ever have happened to me. Now you say, oh, my gosh, that's not great. But what happened was I was only like 18 years of age and I was very angry because no one told me you could lose your brother at 18. 
you know, and he was a wonderful part of my life and I had 18 wonderful years, obviously, with my brother. And then it made me realise that at any day I could not see somebody ever again. And so I decided from that my brother was going to be the catalyst for me making sure that I have up on my board right in front of me actually that my purpose in life is to make a positive difference in the lives of every person I meet and every situation I'm in. And so that's my mantra that I live by because I might not even, Barbara, you, I might not see you ever again. Uh, And so when I'm looking here, even on Zoom, it's like, you know, if this doesn't, if I don't see you again, I want to make sure that your life is better because of it, because of meeting me, you know. And so I think everything that's happened to me, hurting my leg and not being able to play netball, which I loved, um, allowed me then to take on a sport that I didn't think I would ever do. And I know lots of athletes have the similar issue where um, they get injured or things like that and it turns them in a different pathway. And I think everybody remembers that the saying too, that where one door closes, another door open. It's just that you have to push the door open. And I think that's an important lesson. You are just amazing. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, what an incredible man. Well, I introduced you as an incredible woman. And you said <laughs> something interesting to me just before. We always put ourselves mm. down uh, yes. very easily. And you're passionate that we mm. not to do that. Well, I wouldn't even say not to because the thing about even saying not makes you feel that negative energy. Oh, so, so my good. goal, my <laughs> goal in my life, I've been very lucky to learn a lot about neurolinguistic programming, and mm-hmm. every word we say to ourselves is so important. We worry about what someone says to us once in the office or one one friend says one thing that we don't like and it makes us feel uncomfortable, yet we don't realise that we talk to ourselves 180, we have 180-something thoughts That's every right. minute. Yep. And if they're negative, we're, we're totally in control of how we feel. You are and what you I, think, Shelley. Exactly. You are what you think. And the words you use. So, yeah. um I find that, you know, there's some really big words that make a difference in people's lives that they don't realise. Not, don't, have to, um, must, always, should, never. Should have, could have, should have, could have. Should have, yeah. could have, yep. <laughs> I just, I find that when I hear those words, it makes me cringe. But I find also that my goal in life is to help people to live as happy a life as I do because they're not in my vocabulary. <laughs> Oh, can I have your dictionary, please? <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> I hope, seriously, I hope that even us having this wonderful chat for a short amount of time, that I can help somebody who gets a chance to listen to you and to learn from your great experiences and all the people that you get to talk to. If I can spread that word where it helps people to realise that we're all in this together, we're all going to die. We've Mm. all got a chance to make decisions on a minute-by-minute basis. And, you know, I am just like anyone else. I have times where things upset me or I'm disappointed or whatever. But then I find that I have been taught how to 
how to change that into a positive experience yeah. and make it great. Yeah, to grow, to yep. say, hey, this is tough. This yep. is tough. What am I going to learn from this or what am yep. I going to learn from this? Yeah. And Yes, and that's exactly right because even the best things, Julianne, when you're like get married, you know, it was so wonderful. We had such a great time. I had everybody here. And then two days ago, everybody went back to Australia and all my friends went back to it all around the world. And I had a little bit of a downer and I was like, yeah. wow you know, what now? And I was like, isn't this great? Now I can spend the next week writing to each one of those people and thanking them for what difference they've made in my life. And as soon as I start started writing the thankfuls, the, the thank you notes and showing my gratitude, I started feeling fabulous again. Yeah. And then the next thing is speaking to people just like you. And I was honoured to get a chance to chat with you because I know how much of a positive difference you make in other people's lives. Oh, bless you for saying that. And uh, what I like too about what you're saying, I call it my flippish. In other mm -hmm. words, it's a little bit like cognitive behaviour therapy, but something bad mm -hmm. happens, flip it. Flip What's it. Find it, flip right. it immediately. Great. That's a great thing to do. Flip it. That's a good and, one. Yeah. yeah. I it's mine. You can use it. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. But I, I think that, you know, we think similarly on that. And hopefully um, that's what you've done right now by even asking me is you do attract whatever you give out. And I find that I surround myself with positive people. And I did make a few decisions when I moved to Hawaii. I moved to Hawaii because I love everything about the lifestyle, I felt guilty for the first four years that I could do whatever I wanted to do at all times of the day and not have to worry about anything. And it's really interesting that when I talk to my friends from Australia, I think that we teach people to live at a mediocrity level and then we have the tall poppy syndrome to keep everybody yeah. in that in that lifestyle, yeah. Can I just and say something here that might be I'd a love little bit controversial? Yep. But you live in the States. Yes. I love Australia. I love being here. But yes, the, but it's Australians but don't it's... celebrate the success of their own. You have no. to go to the US to yep. get any kind of like yep. you're doing good. Um, well, do you find that? I learned that when I came to school here. I came as a, yeah, as a 16-year-old and I really learned about the tall poppy syndrome then because I found that we were very jealous of each other in Australia and wanting to make sure that nobody um, was, as you'd say, American and was loud and obnoxious, whereas in America everyone looks to everyone else and says, wow, that's great. Can I do that too, you know? And mm. I think it's because there's so many people or maybe it's just cultural, but I find, especially living in Hawaii, that people love, have a genuine love for each other. And so they're really happy when someone does well and then they want to join them. Whereas at home, it's like I felt always felt like, um, you don't want to act like you're too good or you're too oh. happy. That's what I find that in Australia you do feel like you're supposed to do and say what people in your tribe think you should do. And I did find that coming to America and not having a job 
um, was like, how can you just think that you're going to go to America and you're going to coach kayaking and make enough money to live, you know? And I've ended up, I mean, my job as the national head coach national is totally USA coach girl. Wow. But you know what? It's a hundred percent voluntary. Is it? It's all voluntary. All voluntary. Oh, all you've voluntary. got to my heart. Yeah. yeah. So, so both and of even then end up poor. Is that right? Yeah. But no, not at all. Yeah, I'm. I'm not poor. I would. I would never. I'm. I'm as rich no, as the richest person in the world. I can do anything I want to do, and I have so much love and happiness that I think I'm the richest person on the planet. But um, I think that. With all that, you know, you just need enough money to do what you want to do. And I know that I, I will always get enough money to do what I want to do. And so money flows through me and I run a nonprofit. And from the nonprofit, I make, make enough money to then give and allow anybody who wants to learn ocean safety skills and stewardship to get a chance to do that. And that's the grounding for all the kids that I want to take then to represent their country and be the best they want to be, you know. Oh, right. So, do you do you yeah. do much of your um, uh, psychological and motivating and how do you do yes. that with your kids? What do you say? Yes. Because well, you're moulding them, yep. the little psychics. Yes. I'm moulding them from the second I meet them. And from 24-7, even with my own kids, I spend my time seeing how I can, I, I wouldn't say manipulate, but I think that unfortunately, are you going to hate me here too? Being yeah. a teacher, being a teacher in Australia and being, um, I used to teach teachers at Karingai Teachers College. Yes. I believe the Australian system is teaching people to follow suit and quite um, communist without knowing that that's what you're doing because you're um, it's like if you don't think the way we want you to think you get a bad mark you know and I found that being able to be free was very scary at first and now I feel that um, I'm so lucky to have been able to escape <laughs> Well, you certainly have escaped, but um, yeah. I think I'll escape with you because it sounds like a lovely place you're going. Well, you're there. You're already there too. <laughs> well, who who told you you had to do this? Me. No, yeah. actually, no, here's your point. Here's your point. No one bothered with me in Australia, but they scouted uh -huh. me out of yes. Florida. There you go. See, we this... just lost our Australian audience now, Shelley. Yeah. The two of us. Isn't that? Yeah, I know. But it's it's really I'm hoping that what it does is it sparks that passion that Australians have to be their best. And, you know, as sports people, it's like we've got a chip on our shoulder. So that's why we're so good. And it's not a problem. You can use that. It's just we need to take everyone with us. Like, when I see the Australian team, there's so much against each other rather than let's 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 take each other all the way to the very top. And I hope that um, any Australians that do still listen to us <laughs> realise that the way they do it is by loving your neighbour and it really, you can, there's enough room at the top for everybody. Oh, there is. But now we're going to have Barb who's, a volunteer yep. and all the things that yes. you're talking about, ambassador. Yes. 
you loved every minute of it, Barb, didn't you? And and Absolutely. you saw Shelley carry that torch in 2000? Into manly, Such that's man- right. But but I'm now in, oh. I feel up already just listening to you, Shelley. I'm going to have a great afternoon. Um, yes, so the Sydney <laughs> uh, Olympics 2000, I was a volunteer and loved every minute. But running with the torch yes. uh, in your hometown yes. along the famous manly beach in Sydney, that must have been special yes. and magical. I was on the sand. I was oh. watching. Sorry, Barb Twin. I was there watching you. Tell us about. Well, that. you're giving me goosebumps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Barbara. I I do have to say that that was the highlight of my Olympic experience, and wow. I actually, I actually did go for the Olympics for 27 years, but but that one day um, was way more special than anything because um, I had actually. I'm, not sure if you knew about this, but I had actually gone to John Coates after the Atlanta Olympics and I said the Mm. Atlanta Olympics was a failure because the volunteers didn't embrace the Olympics. They didn't know how good this could be. They didn't get a chance to be told they're part of the family. They didn't, like... As you know, Barbara, when you were at that Olympic Games, you knew this was your city, your country, giving the rest of the world the biggest love they possibly could. And when you were holding hands at the opening or the closing ceremony and you were trying to keep the athletes in or whatever you were doing, I'm sure you were in a position where you're like, I cannot love this anymore than I am and this is what humans are about you know and that greatest show on earth to my job actually when I went to John Coach was to speak to all the possible volunteers so I had to speak to all the taxi drivers all the bus drivers all the people who were going to be volunteers and I had to help them to understand what um, responsibility yet what power they have because they are the face of the Sydney Olympics and, and they was, work. Yep. It, that's something for Australia. I still think it was the best Olympics ever. Shelley. Everybody does. No, yeah. around the world, everybody does. And it was because of the volunteers and they do not realise that it was their power, their love, the way they sang when they told you where to go, uh, everything they did, the smiles that they had the interactions with the athletes and everybody from all around the world made those games something so special and it was because of the volunteerism. Well, let's just hope the Parisians and volunteers from around the world will make Paris a great day. Well, just one thing I want to ask you, mental toughness. It is something that always interests me uh, Yes, because I was a bit of a swimmer one day, a long time ago, marathon swimmer. Mm -hmm. How do you push through the pain? What was your mind yep. saying to you? And how yep. do you cope with pain and exhaustion and getting yourself beyond that limit? Yeah. Well, you know, the pain, um, physical pain, is really, I find, the best thing ever. Like, And I think that... Um, the physical pain is a very, very, very small part of being an athlete. Um, I find the pain of disappointment is probably way worse and debilitating Agreed. than the pain of working hard. And I, uh, you know, when you said about the shoulda, coulda, woulda, 
anyone mm. who is saying that is feeling pain. You know, anyone who tells you, oh, I nearly went to the Olympics is feeling pain. Um, and my motto really was I broke everything down. I had a thousand day plan between Atlanta and Sydney. Oh I, yeah, I know wow. I knew what I knew what I was doing every single day. I mean, even now, like I have a diary all the time. I know what I'm doing every minute of the day because I choose to use my life the way I want to use it. I think that word choose. So many people, yes. people feel victims of situations. Yes. Let's yes. not forget, you choose. Think about yes. it. Yes. And that. You choose everything. Yeah. And. When you said about the pain, that actually reminded me of something that I thought was wonderful, and that was when I had both my kids, I wanted it to be as painful as possible. So then when I would race, I would never have a pain like I had to have my kids. So, of course, I didn't want any um, any types of drugs or anything. And when I started having Kai, it was actually a television show called Making Babies, and I remember going through the the you know um the contractions thinking well it's only a minute and my race is going to be like a minute 50 so I wanted it to be super painful so then anytime I would train after that that pain would never be as bad as having a baby you know and I do remember that when I did have Kai he came like in 40 minutes so I didn't get a chance to feel too much pain nor did the doctor get to come but I do remember thinking, well, now I've got so much pain, uh, I'm going to fall out of my boat and not make it to the finish line. And that's when they said, oh, you've got to push. So, I, yeah, I think that pain is really uh, a mental thing, as you said, mm -hmm. and mental toughness is just about your choices. The choices. Um, I didn't have a choice, though, and this is, I'm saying this lightly, how about a labour yep. of 22 hours, Shelley? That, How about a labor of 22 oh hours? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my god, my can I say I was in pain yes. and wasn't enjoying it? Yes, and that's the thing, you know, both my babies were really quick, they were within an hour or so. But I do believe that I take my hat off to anyone who had to go through that. And now I do help mentor um, swimmers that swim across the Molokai to Oahu. That is, um, how far is that? How far is that? It's um, 32 miles. Ooh. Is that right? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, 50 miles? No, no, no. I might be lying to you now. I think it's it's 50 miles. Have you watched? I might. Have you watched Nyad on Netflix? Yes. Whoa, every I've stroke I felt. Yes. Wasn't that amazing? Yes. That's yes, so inspiring. Yeah. And actually, counts the four like I used to. One, two. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and we're, on, we're talking. Sorry, I forgot yeah. that we're being recorded. We're having a chat. I think we better let Barb take over here, Shelley. <laughs> Sounds oh, great, Julie. You, you ladies are just amazing, and and to hear the repartee between the two of you is is wonderful, and I feel inspired. But um, I want to thank you so much, Shelley, for inspiring us today, and congratulations on that Hawaiian wedding. Hawaii is one of my most places and of course and thanks Julianne. yes the photos are gorgeous we'll we've we've yeah. been pouring over those um <laughs> shelly's also given back as well setting up 
the um, the I IKEA Waterman's Academy, a not-for-profit aimed at educating youth and women in ocean safety and providing coaching in water sports, which is great. And speaking of giving back, you supported a book for the Black Dog Institute to raise funds. Yes. And I quote from your book, um, my heroes are the scientists, often non-funded, who continue to seek better care for sufferers of human disease. That's incredible. And and so like Shelley, giving back and support for the not-for-profit Black Dog Institute, um, people could just mm-hmm. Google that and please give them, um, like Julianne says, maybe make it a list for your Christmas donation and things like that. But mental health research needs our funds and we want to say have a great day and a great one tomorrow and thank you both for being involved in this fabulous podcast that's going around the world my absolute pleasure and thank you to both of you for doing this